The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. So, Princess Vespa, at last I have you in my clutches to have my way with you the way I want to. No, no, please leave me alone. No, you are mine. Not so fast, Helmet. Lone Star. Yes, it's me. I'm here to save my girlfriend. Hi, honey. Now you are going to die. Psh! Oh! 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 Hey, what'd you do to my friend? The same thing I'm going to do to you, big boy. Oh! Oh! And you too. Oh! Oh! Now, Princess Vespa, at last we are alone. Oh, no! I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! Leave me alone! Yet, I find you strangely attractive. Of course you do. Druish princesses are often attracted to money and power, and I have both, and you know it. Oh, leave me alone! No, kiss me! No, no, yes, no, no, yes, no, yes! Oh, 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 your helmet is so big. Lord Helmet, what? You need it on the bridge, sir. Knock on my door! Knock next time! Yes, sir. Did you see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Good! From action figures to Lego, toys have been an incredible part of playtime for so many childhoods. The branding of toys and games can be looked back cynically with a critical eye and capitalistic opportunism, but that's just me being fancy saying that old people didn't understand our toys. In the 20th century, the advent of movies and TV helped sell toys and games, not just through commercials, but entire programs dedicated to those items. On this episode of ARC, I'm going to talk about the various toys and games that have been adapted into movies or TV shows. Later on, I'm going to give my review and commentary on the latest movie based on a toy line, The Lego Movie. This is ARC. God bless television. To the movies. To good movies. To every possible kind. I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Is that a hair gel? <coughs> Loud noises! There's no crying in baseball! That's not even a word! Game over, man. Game over. I'll be back. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! These are their stories. From now on, I order you watch more television than ever before. Yes, and welcome to another episode of Arts Review and Commentary. My name is Omar Latiri, and thank you for listening. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for my Oscar Picks show, where my buddy Jordan Rose of thejordanblog.com will go over our projected winners at the upcoming 86th Academy Awards. This episode of ARC is brought to you by ProFlowers.com. Yep, it's that time of year again. Go to ProFlowers.com before Valentine's Day and enter the code REALM for discounts on flowers and chocolates for your Valentine. Taking advantage of this unique opportunity helps the continued production and distribution of this free program and your Valentine will thank you. Visit ProFlowers.com and that promo code again is R-E-L-M. What's the matter? Don't you like folks? Oh, I like them fine. But a computer takes less space. <laughs> a complaint that hardcore book readers have had over the years is that books that are adapted into movies ruin the imaginative power of the individual reader of the story. 
It's a rather elitist complaint to have. Movies don't damage literacy or imagination any more than stage plays do. In a previous episode, I discussed how certain pieces of art are adapted from one genre to another to gain exposure. Books are adapted into movies, that are adapted into TV shows, and so on and so forth. It takes a great deal of imagination to adapt a short story like Where the Wild Things Are into a major motion picture, or a small tale like Sleepy Hollow into an hour-long television drama series. But what happens when you take something with little to no story at all, like a toy or a game, and make a story out of it? What would possess someone to make a movie about something that people play with? Isn't the point of these toys to encourage children's imaginations on their own? Those are questions from a mind that has forgotten how playtime works. They're also questions that are based on addressing a problem that doesn't exist. Children play with their toys just fine, with or without an accompanying storyline. And a storyline may give playtime a springboard to creating further adventures on their own. Take this scene from one of my favorite movies, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. These are toys. These are little men. This is Greedo. And then this is Hammerhead. See, this is Walrus Man. And then this is Snaggletooth. And this is Lando Calrissian. See? And this is Boba Fett. And look, they can even have wars. Look at this. When I first saw that movie, I was about Elliot's age. I remember watching that scene and thinking to myself that he was lucky to have Lando. All I had was some random stormtrooper. But what struck me about the scene was how natural it all was. Elliot was doing exactly what I would have done, shown off his most prized possessions, his toys. When I was a kid, our toys were how we related to each other. We would go to each other's houses and play with our toys. You were right all along. I'm not a space ranger. I'm just a toy, a stupid little insignificant toy. Whoa, hey, wait a minute. Being a toy is a lot better than being a a space ranger. Yeah, right. No, it is. Look, over in that house is a kid who thinks you are the greatest, and it's not because you're a space ranger, pal. It's because you're a toy. You are his toy. No other trilogy captured the essence of the impact of toys on a person's life than the Toy Story movies. But what should be noted is that the movie was successful not because the characters were toys, but that they were familiar toys with familiar brands that audience members recognized. By including Mr. Potato Head, Slinky Dog, The Speak and Spell, and Barbie, the movie instantly made the characters relatable because every member of the audience was familiar with those toys growing up. It wasn't until the 80s cartoon that I became familiar with G.I. Joe. I didn't know that the action figures had been around for 20 years prior, and when I eventually saw the original figures, I wasn't impressed. Sure, they were larger than the figures based on the cartoon, but they were less detailed and had less variety. They they seemed like Ken dolls more than anything else. But what made G.I. Joe, Transformers, and other cartoons of that decade special is that the toys and shows became interactive. 
Kids could reenact stories in addition to making up their own. Because of the shows, the demand for the toys was so high, the first Christmas stampedes for toys were born. Well, you must be very proud of yourself. Now, there were some misses in that time period. For example, there was Rubik the Amazing Cube, a cartoon built around the Rubik's Cube. But we also had He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Future generations would have Pokemon. And today, Barbie has her own line of direct-to-DVD movies. Now, we can look at all this and complain that these are all examples of how children are indoctrinated into that most insidious aspect of capitalism, brand loyalty. And there is some merit to that fear. Today, adults who are raised on brand names are usually more reluctant to buy competitors' brands regardless of cost. But more than that, the loyalty displayed to brand names runs through all facets of our lives. When we find a brand that gives us comfort, be it a material product, a music group, or a genre of entertainment, it's much harder to give other things a try because we have this irrational sense that we're betraying our preferred brand. If you can understand this feeling of loyalty, then you can understand why movie adaptations of childhood toys can bring up so much passion. All right, I'll call the two grand, I'll gamble. Don't splash the pot. You're on a draw, Mike? Go away, this one is not good for you. And in my club, I will splash the pot whenever the f I please. Entertainment about games isn't unheard of either. Rounders is about poker. The Hustler is about pool. There was the Broadway musical Chess about, well, chess. But those are entries about games. What about movies based on a game itself? Hit it! Six months after the cinematic release of Real Steel, a movie that was basically Rock'em Sock'em Robots on film, the movie based on the game Battleship came out. Audiences scoffed at the very idea of a movie based on this game. Even the whole concept of based on a game was ridiculous. A game is just that, a game. What could possibly be created out of this movie that could relate to the experience of playing Battleship? Well, the movie itself is basically a love letter to the United States Navy, so the tongue-in-cheek references to the board game are somewhat forgivable. But still, there were detractors right from the announcement of this production. What was next, a, a feature film based on the board game Clue? Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery, murder, and madness in the movie that makes a scene of the crime. Clue, it's not just a game anymore. Oh yeah. Now, were the fans of the movie Clue also fans of the original board game? Or were there people who became fans of the game because they saw the movie? I'm sure both types of people exist. And it only goes to show not only the power of brand name entertainment, but the possible synergy that can exist among different brands. When we come back, the latest toy franchise to be given the motion picture treatment, the Lego Movie. Valentine's Day is this week, and don't misread her. When she says she doesn't need flowers, she means she wants flowers. 
Right now, get a dozen long-stem assorted roses with a premium vase and gourmet chocolates for just $29.99 from ProFlowers.com. Or double the roses, get two dozen for just $9.99 more. But you have to enter the code REALM. That's R-E-L-M. You won't find a better deal anywhere this week. ProFlowers.com is fast, easy, and you can get Valentine's Day delivery guaranteed. And ProFlowers are guaranteed to last seven days or your money back. To get a dozen long-stemmed assorted roses for just $29.99 and to add another dozen for just $9.99 more, go to ProFlowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the top right corner and enter the code R-E-L-M. Do it right now. Valentine's Day is just days away and this offer expires Friday. Use the code R-E-L-M at ProFlowers.com. Come with me if you want to not die. The Lego Movie is a fantastic ride of a movie that takes us into the infinite possibilities of creative imagination. It's also a movie about how instructions aren't necessarily rigid, but are a good launching pad for inspiration. If you've never played with Lego, then I really feel for you. The good news is, as this movie is very clear to hammer home, it is not too late. This product is good for kids from 1 to 92. I first played with Lego when I was 5 or 6 years old. By the time I was 10, I had a large suitcase full of bricks of different shapes, sizes, and colors. I wasn't that great at constructing my own designs. I preferred to build to the instruction sheets and play with the designs that way. Recently, I learned the etymology of the word Lego from the podcast Stuff You Should Know. The term Lego is actually uh, an abbreviation of two Danish words, right? right. Leg and gut, which put together means play well. Uh So he combined the two into Lego. What uh, old Kurt Christensen didn't know was that Lego in Latin actually means I put together. Really? He had no idea. Huh. And I bet people think that's why he named it that. Yeah. But it's not true. Interestingly enough, Legos isn't actually a word. Since the company considers Lego to be a building material, like clay or stone, there is no real plural. Multiple pieces are supposed to be correctly referred to as Lego bricks. While the theme of toys and imagination has been explored perfectly in the Toy Story movies, revisiting that theme doesn't make the Lego movie any less fun, witty, charming, or exciting. This movie isn't so much about selling a product as it is about explaining why this product has stood the test of time and spanning generations. Ages 8 to 14 is indeed a suggestion, not a rule. And Lego has been inspiring kids of all ages to build, destroy, and build again. The reason that this product has lasted as long as it has is twofold. First, the literal durability of the product. And second, the pieces that were constructed in 1963 can fit the pieces manufactured today. The simplicity of the bricks 
leads to the complexity of imagination, and this movie is just one result of someone's imagination. The voice acting is terrific, with Parks and Recreation's Chris Pratt owning every scene he's in. Arrested Development's Will Arnett gives us a Batman that is distilled to an absurd purity that you can't help but laugh at his song that includes the lyrics, No Parents! Special mention should be given to Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as the 1980-something space guy, a scene-stealing character that has a lot to do with the fact that every kid in the 80s had one of those figures. Four and a half out of five stars for the Lego movie. I feel sad for those individuals who never played with Lego. I'm afraid they're missing out on so much this movie has to offer. Because in this movie, everything is awesome. That's it for this episode of ARC. Stay tuned for my Oscar Picks episode of ARC, and don't forget to visit artsreviewandcommentary.com for access to all of my movie reviews and ratings through the years, as well as Amazon shopping, and links to all of the great shows on the Realm Network. Like ARC on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcreviews, follow the show on Twitter at arcreviews, and you can email me at artsreviewandcommentary at gmail.com. My name is Omar Latiri, and this is ARC. The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. to play me, which I guess means Clooney passed. They got Chris Pratt to play me, so it's an expensive movie. Elizabeth Banks plays Wildstyle. She's basically the most awesome, kick-butt, smart action hero of all time. A strong role model for girls everywhere. Oh, I'm talking about Elizabeth Banks, not Wildstyle. That was clear, right? It was an honor to be portrayed by the golden-voiced Morgan Freeman. That man could read the phone book and make it sound interesting. Five 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 three four nine two. Hmm. Just listen to that rich molasses. You think that for a character as important as President Business, they'd be able to get someone with serious chops. You know, I'm talking De Niro, Pacino, Ryan Gosling, uh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. But no, they get Will Ferrell. When you're scraping the bottle of the barrel, you find yourself with a Will Ferrell.